because she was praying to Jesus for me. She was so worried. She was convinced I couldn't do it. Then something started to happen. It was like her worry started to become like a curiosity. I was witnessing the beginning of the end of a long-held belief for her. I was watching the change. I was watching the transformation happen right before my eyes. But as the hours went on, I realized her expression had changed again. I saw, I saw like a yearning in her. So I asked, Sarah, would you like to run the jackhammer? Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real, simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Today, we're doing a little bit of story time. So we're going back to one of the builds that I did. Um, You and I have talked a little bit about this, but I've done a lot of humanitarian work in the past. And some of that involved construction, building homes, sometimes building bathrooms or septic tanks, sometimes cleaning water, a variety of different things. But you know, through through the years and and some amazing experiences, some of the builds really stick out in my mind. So today, I'm actually going to tell you one of those experiences. I'm going to tell you about Sarah and the jackhammer. Now, I've traveled to parts of the world that are very, how should we say, traditional in the roles of men and women. This has created some interesting situations for me and my team, especially when I am the team leader. So many build sites have been shocked to learn that I am indeed El Jefe, the boss. Well, until they meet me and then they realize I'm La Jefa, the boss that's a woman. Um, I'm very accustomed to these moments. I've navigated it hundreds of times. Um, Now, this trip, this trip was a little different, though. Um, I wasn't actually leading this trip. A friend of mine was. And we had an interesting situation. So, it was in this tiny village on the island of San Andres. It's owned politically by Colombia, though there's some Spanish spoken, but in the villages, it's Creole. It's this mind-boggling mix of cultures. Um, great experience, beautiful. I mean, the, the the ocean looks as though it's photoshopped. I mean, you get off on what is one of the smallest uh tarmacs, one of the smallest landing strips I've ever landed on. And that's saying a lot. It was tiny. It looked like a road. And uh, I remember when we landed, my good friend Anne and I, we were we got off and we walked um, pretty much off the plane and to the ocean and it looked photoshopped. I mean, it looked so, so beautiful. Um, but in the interior, in the villages, well, they, they had some challenges for sure. So we were there to, to construct uh, for a young family. So um, we went to the village and I met the mother, Sarah. She was, she was kind. She was very quiet. And later, she, she'd end up telling me that she was actually born in this hut and she'd never actually been outside of her village. And just to be clear, when I say village, I'm talking about one square mile. So 
she'd lived there. Her mom had lived there. Her grandma had lived there. She married a boy from the village. She had babies just like her mother did in the hut next to her. So this was kind of her trajectory as had been her mother's trajectory and her grandmother's trajectory probably since before then. So great family. We met them. It was awesome. We began construction on day one. So we started and I was on pick duty. So I <laughs> gladly jumped in, finally getting ready to, to do some work. I swung the pick. It bounced off the ground. I swung it again and thought, this is the hardest earth I have ever encountered. After an hour of swinging, pouring sweat, because it's very hot there, I come to the probably now obvious conclusion. It was volcanic rock. I barely made a dent. That uh, explained why no one dug down in this part, <laughs> this in this village. So no, no one dug down. That's why. So we needed to find an alternative. So and overseas on the builds that I did, we very, very rarely used power tools. They're hard to source. They're not really sustainable for the locals after we leave. And, and rarely is there power in the village anyhow. So they're just not an option. But today we would have to make an exception because without one, we weren't making any progress. So one of our teammates, Tony, he jumps, he jumps in to solve it. Tony is a movie producer in Hollywood. He's accustomed to solving problems, big problems. And he was going to see this one through. So I don't know, maybe an hour later, we hear we hear the sound of a motorbike putt, putt, coming up a hill. It's this small motorbike and it's driven by a local. But on the back of the motorbike is 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 Tony, two grown men on this motorbike. And he's he's holding a jackhammer in his arms. Like I want you to imagine this. So there's two grown men on this very small motorbike. And, and one of the grown men is bear hugging a jackhammer. And this little motorbike, it's struggling to get up the hill that we're on. And we are watching this unfold. The motorbike is straining. Tony's straining. The driver is praying. And I'm no help because I'm doubled over in laughter. I mean, it was such a sight. So <laughs> we watched this whole thing unfold. They actually make it up the hill with the jackhammer. Unfortunately, there's no power at the site. That was the day that I learned that you could plug three extension cords in like back to back, run them up a hill and you can still power a jackhammer on it. I thought that I thought there'd be too much loss in all of those cords. I would not believe it. it was possible if I hadn't seen it with my very own eyes. You have a lot of those kind of experiences doing uh, humanitarian work overseas. So now we got the jackhammer. It's moved over to my site sort of my, where my hole should be, that we're trying to build, we're trying to build a septic tank. We're trying to dig down for that. So Sarah, the mom, she's watching me and I get ready to fire up the jackhammer. She waves her hands to tell me to stop. She, no, no, you can't do this. Now, mind you, I speak some Spanish. Um, she speaks a little bit of Spanish. She speaks Creole. I speak no Creole. So this was a very interesting conversation, but we managed to, to piece that together. She clearly was frightened and wanted me to stop. You see, Sarah is convinced that it is impossible for me to do this task, this, this job. She's been told that it is physically impossible for women to handle something like this. Like we're not strong enough, we're not capable enough. And she also was afraid that my uterus would fall out. That was that was new for me. So maybe that's a thing. I don't know. But I'm I'm pretty sure that that's not going to happen today. So Though I know this, this is a very real fear for her. She believes it in her bones. She believes it so strongly. She's so convinced that at one point, I, I kind of start to doubt myself. I think maybe there's something she knows that I don't know. Maybe jackhammers are, are 
different here. Maybe they're stronger. Maybe they rattle more. Maybe maybe my uterus really is in danger. You see, Sarah has been told this kind of stuff all her life. That things, things like running power tools weren't available to someone like her. That she isn't capable enough. She isn't strong enough. But here's the thing you need to know about Sarah. Sarah has kids. And I watch her hold maybe a 30-pound kid in one arm wiggling kid. So like the the weight is moving. (laughs) One kid in one arm and carry this massive jug of water with the other arm. And if a gallon of water weighs eight pounds, I can only imagine how heavy this massive jug is with several gallons in it. In villages like her, in many villages, women are on water duty. That can involve sometimes very long walks, miles and miles each day. And then carrying these massive jugs back. Um, the smallest jug I usually see is five gallon. I mean, they're 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 big and they're traversing over a lot of ground to bring the water back. So women on water duty, they get pretty freaking strong that way. Plus they're often carrying kids and all these other things. I mean, Sarah was strong. Sarah was capable. There was evidence everywhere showing that Sarah could handle a jackhammer. But she could not tell the difference between the concerns of, of, of friends and family, where those ended and where her own thoughts and beliefs began. So she just watched me. She watched me start the jackhammer. She, she held her breath for the first minute as it ran. She worried for me. I kept running the jackhammer. She was literally praying to a picture she had in her hut of Jesus. Like She was praying to Jesus for me. She was so worried. She was convinced I couldn't do it. Then something started to happen. It was like her worry started to become something else, like a like a curiosity. I was witnessing the beginning of the end of a long-held belief for her. I was watching the change. I was watching the transformation happen right before my eyes. I mean, I was watching it and I was also writing the jackhammer. It was a very involved situation. There's a lot of things happening. But as the hours went on, I realized her expression had changed again. So not only did it go from fear to curiosity, but then I saw, I saw like a yearning in her. So I asked, Sarah, would you like to run the jackhammer? She kind of sat back. No, I I couldn't. I, I, I can't do something like that. I challenged her. Why not? You just watched me run it for hours. I was strong enough. My pelvic floor is still intact. Why can't you? I could see her mind racing. Years of being told what she could and couldn't do, what she was capable of. And then then she bounced back to the reality of watching me do it. A woman, a woman that was smaller than her with biceps smaller than her. And yet I was running it. You see, I could have told her until I was blue in the face that she was capable, but to show her, now that's where the magic is. And I had shown her it could be done. Slowly, she walked over. She grabbed the two handles of the jackhammer. She looked at me, maybe maybe wanting permission, maybe wanting confirmation that she could do it. I nodded and I hit the on switch. Sarah ran the jackhammer that day. She ran it for a long time. She had the biggest smile on her face as she did it. She was elated. She was empowered. If she could do this, then what else could she do? 
And for me, that's one of the biggest gifts in humanitarian work. When you have the opportunity to highlight the strengths in others. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. Humanitarian work is amazing. I've, I've done it for years. When a family sees, you know, if you're thinking about just building a home for someone, when a family sees that a stranger cares enough to leave their own home, their comforts, their language, their food to come and build a home for them or get them drinking water, clean sanitation, all of those things, it makes a huge impact on the family, not just in the actual you know, you didn't you didn't have necessarily decent affordable housing before. Now you do. You didn't necessarily have clean water before. Now you do. Yeah, there's there's that impact, but but there's something so much more than that. Knowing that someone cared enough for them, saw their need, and worked hard each day to address it, man, it changes the family's opinion of others of of humans. It, it can restore their faith in in humanity, and that is amazing. But what I love most is when we can change the opinion of themselves, highlight their strengths, highlight their power, showcase how wildly capable they are every day. And Sarah, she was power. You actually couldn't get that jackhammer back off of her. Like she was, she was having fun. She had a big smile on her face. She was always strong enough. She was always powerful enough. She was always capable enough. Someone had to, to show her that the jackhammer was available to her. We can sit here today and think, yeah, anyone can run a jackhammer. Yeah, it might take a little training. They might be heavy. They might rattle around a lot, but impossible? No. And just as that is clear to us today, there is a jackhammer in your life, a perceived limitation. Many of them were given to us, told to us by others. Oh, you can't do that. That's not possible for someone like you. And you can't even remember when it started, but it's definitely there. Maybe it's something similar to Sarah, thinking that because you're a woman, you aren't strong enough for a physical task. But it could be anything. I'm I'm actually reminded right now of Dave Hollis, um, the author. He He shares that he wanted to be a runner for years. I remember reading this in both of his books, actually, that he was discouraged by a well-intentioned mother not to run, that he was too tall, that it would lead to back injuries. So he didn't. For years, he didn't run. He wanted to do this thing. And he missed out on all those amazing miles. It was only when he started to question that belief, drag that belief out of the darkness into the light and see if it was actually true. He tested it. Dave could run. Dave is a great runner. He logs hundreds of miles, but he would never have that experience, that joy that he loves so much if he first didn't identify his jackhammer, the thing he thought was unavailable to him. 
I'm actually also thinking about the speaker, Les Brown. I love Les Brown. I love his work. His talks have encouraged me, inspired me, but I almost never heard Les Brown's message because he was afraid to be a speaker. This thing he knew he was meant to do, he almost didn't do it because Les Brown had been this, you know, he was a poor orphan. He had struggled in school. He he was called DT, the dumb twin. He wasn't smart. He wasn't educated. Who was he to get on stage and speak to others, others that were more successful than him, more educated, had more money. So he didn't. For years, he didn't speak. But then he finally, he finally challenged that jackhammer. He finally said, is this true? Can I really not do something like that? And thank God he did because he has inspired millions. And you've got a jackhammer in your life right now. Here's how to spot it. it sounds something like this. Well, that sounds cool, but I could never do something like that. I would love to, but that, that ship sailed. Maybe when I was younger, I could have done something like that, but not now. Or people like me, where I come from, grew up the way I did. We don't do things like that. Maybe it's something you've done that's holding you back. Maybe it's that you were a you were an addict for years. And even though you've been in recovery for 10 years, you're afraid to speak on stage. No, that isn't available to someone like you. Maybe you've dreamed of doing humanitarian work too, but you can't do that because you're a mother and you can't leave your kids for a week. You don't know any other moms doing that. Nope, that isn't possible for someone like you. It can be that you're too old to do a triathlon. That's a young man's sport, not available to someone like you. It can be wanting to be an executive in your organization, but you are a full-figured black woman and you look at the current executives at your company. There's no one that looks quite like you. Nope not possible for someone like you. It can be losing weight. It can be running a race after a knee injury. But believe me, you've got a jackhammer in your life. And I want you to do the work to uncover it, to find the thing that you want to do but haven't done because you believed you've been told by parents, teachers, partners, yourself that you cannot. The only person who gets to decide what is available to you is you. Sarah believed with everything in her bones that a woman was not physically capable of running a jackhammer. But by the end of the day, that lie was destroyed. So I want you to find your jackhammer and destroy it. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.